Welcome to episode four of our podcast series, It's the Podcast Stupid. I'm delighted to be joined by Ghazal Ahmed from Redbrain. Welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. Pleased to be here. The topic for today is the world of work in 2022. Uh, And I think for most business owners and employees and anyone, we've experienced one of the most incredible changes in workforce patterns and behaviours over the last couple of years as a result of the COVID pandemic. So I'd really like to ask you, Kazal, what's changed for Redbrain over the last couple of years? What are you doing differently? And just take us through some of that journey, if you would. Uh, Thank you for asking. Uh, One of the key drivers for us, because we're a tech-enabled company, uh, is to experiment how to get our people to be more efficient, uh, create a level of higher performance, whether they're working from home or from the office. So just before the pandemic, we had actually experimented with um, four days home, one day in the office, which was quite a fortunate thing to have done because it gave us a chance when the lockdown did arrive to move quickly into a high performance uh, participation from all our, all our staff. Wow, so interesting that you, as a business, I know you're at the forefront of technology and using technology, and you were thinking ahead already in terms of your workforce planning. Where did that, do you know where that came from as a business, what the idea was? Was it driven by, um, feedback internally or is it pressures to try and recruit? I know tech recruitment's always a challenge. I think a bit of both, Anthony, because um, we did a, a quick survey with our, with our staff to understand how they would like to work in terms of flexibility. And the flexibility indicated that they would prefer to work from home, but also have time to collaborate with their colleagues and come into the office whenever they were required. Uh, Subsequent to that then, we went into a one day in the office, four days work from home. And then, of course, COVID hit. And one day, our CEO came into the office and said, everybody home. And they took whatever possession they had from their desk, and they went home and hadn't returned in, in any form of the whole company coming back to a single place of work. That's interesting because that, as COVID hit, I think every business, you know, unless you were on the front line and involved in dealing with COVID every day, I think most organisations experience this shock. What are we going to do? So you'd already got into a position where you were well prepared by having made a change and then moved into that. I'm really interested in the fact that you've not all come back into the office yet. I think one of the things that I'm really keen to cover is the fact that we don't know what the future looks like, but there's definitely um, a mixture that I pick up on in terms of people's feelings. Lots of people do like being back in the office. Lots of people want to remain remote. It's putting different pressures on different businesses. So what's the sort of split of how much time's in the office, how many people are, are there? What, how are you sort of working that out? So the philosophy has now become remote first. is okay. the way that we hire. Um, and then we... Uh, we've added to that uh, collaboration days as required by different different parts of the business. 
So if our tech team requires individuals or smaller groups to come in <clears throat> once a week, then that will be the, the mode of operation for that team. If they require them to come in once every fortnight and so on. So it, it is left up to the line management and the business requirement for them to decide how frequently those individuals and teams collaborate together in an office environment. Um, the other thing that we've done, Anthony, is to ensure that people have the tools at their disposal mm. uh, to be able to work um, either on their own, in their own environment, or have the option of coming into the office to work from an office if they'd like to do so. You also mentioned something earlier in that about hiring. So your hiring has been influenced by the change in circumstances. And are you hiring people remotely now? Absolutely. So we're hiring from all over the UK. Uh, we're even looking at hiring internationally. Um, so that's an interesting dimension for us. And as a company, as we grow, we're also looking at uh, talent which are outsourced mm. uh, because as projects that we want to work on um, and be more creative and be more proactive means that we can't necessarily hire quickly enough to get that resource in place and therefore we have to outsource that bit of the business um, which is an interesting dimension for us as well. And any anyone looking to recruit tech staff, whatever they are, know that that's a battle, it's a real challenge. Has the move to remote enabled your recruitment plans to develop more quickly? Has it helped recruitment from your point of view as a business? I think so. In the, in the sort of short term, um, we have successfully recruited people that we want to recruit. At times, yes, we've had to uh, up the overall benefits that we, we offer because the market is so um, buoyant at the moment for, for tech staff uh, or tech enabled staff. So we've had to meet that market requirement uh, for the right people. But one of the things that's quite interesting that we have in our company is where our staff can recommend uh, individuals uh, who would get interviewed and if they're successful and we take them on, then they get a, a, a reward, uh, which is a financial reward. And in our company's case, it's, you know, depending on the level of hire, it can be up to 2,000 pounds. I always think reward schemes, that, A, they're very good. Uh, it's a great barometer of how your employees feel about the business because they won't recommend people in if they're not happy where they're working. And also it tends to be interesting that they my experience wouldn't recommend people who aren't good yeah. because they don't want to surround themselves with that reputation of introducing someone who's dragging the quality down. Going back to your remote working, how far away from the office without necessarily divulging location do some of your people now base themselves? Um, we have people working in Cornwall, London, Nottingham, um, north, west. It's a real cross-section. Oh, absolutely, they're all over. We still have a core of people in, in around the West Midlands, so that's very important for us. 
And as a result, one of the things that we're doing, which I want to share with you, is we want to create a space where we have a landmark office for Redbrain, where we, are, we encourage our employees to want to come in rather than be requested to come in by management. And we're creating a, a beautiful space where it's, it's not just about having a desk, but it's uh, a collaboration space where they can have individual time, group time, meeting time, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, tea and coffee, drinks, have a Friday, pizza, lunch, whatever they want. So we want to create that um, relaxed but high-performance environment where people can come to if they want to do so. People will think that this has been set up because you said that it, it genuinely hasn't. I'm really interested to explore that because one of the challenges from my point of view is that um, working remote has lots of benefits. Technology enables us to do lots of different things, which is great. But that cultural piece is really intrinsic to a lot of businesses. And I'm very aware from working with clients during the pandemic that certain organisations were closing their offices. So they were literally saying, we need to reduce that cost. One of the drivers for that. But this requirement to still have some identity and feel part of something, I think is really important and quite a challenge when people are working remotely. So take us through the journey of the, the, the nice base for everyone to go to and your new tomorrow. So um, in March 2020, when everybody went remote, fully remote, uh, we did actually move to a much smaller space, uh, which was um, uh, basically a, a 10 10 person uh, space where people can just come to if they wanted to. So we had to have a little base of some sort. And we also had a bigger base in literal. Um, but what we found over the uh, last couple of years is that um, we want to ensure that our, our people have uh, are not finding um, difficulty in terms of working from home. Uh, we want to ensure that they have enough time to go, go out and be able to uh, work outside the, the home office, if you see what I mean. Mm. So that could be working from a coffee shop, that could be working from our office and so on. So we wanted to ensure that they weren't put in a space where they found it difficult to work from or get out from or they were overworking because, you know, you get up in the morning and you go downstairs to your office or your living room or your dining room and you work all day and you don't know what time it is because it just work and home seems to uh, become one. We just didn't want that to happen. I absolutely agree with you that that sense of um, working from home can present a whole host of different challenges and I was interested to ask you and maybe explore a bit about how you onboard your new recruits to prepare them for the world that they're coming into, which is predominantly remote. You're a Midlands-based business and I'm in Cornwall and I'm about to join you. What things have you had to do for me as a new employee? That's a brilliant question because uh, over the last year or so, we've grown from 28 people to now currently, uh, average 28 people to currently 68 people. So that's a significant growth in terms of people. Um, and during that period, uh, one of the key drivers has been how do we onboard successfully? Because again, my my feeling on that is 
bringing people on board, getting them to a point where they start to become active participants and contributors to our business. The quicker we do that, the better it is for all of us. So uh, in, once a person has accepted a, a role, um, they are then invited to um, a session with their line manager, um, a session with HR and operation to give them that introduction. Um, we then, about the company and, and, and what it is that they, they will be doing, they are then aligned to a virtual buddy who uh, will take them through some of the intricacies of working mm. in, in Red Brain. Um, and then basically they will have a training program or an onboarding program, which will almost last until their probation, which is uh, three months, um, where they will learn their, their key roles and how to deliver. They'll have OKRs and objectives, which they'll be supported through their line management. Um, and, and the way that the line managers have then created a, a team space remotely is um, sometime a daily five-minute stand-up, uh, a weekly stand-up. And then on a monthly basis, I've introduced the company monthly briefing. So we have the whole company uh, being uh, available for us to present how the business is going, what are the key things that we're, we're looking to do, uh, for the future, what are we doing with our people, and, and so on. There's a lot of work obviously going into that, which is great, and I think that piece of the onboarding clearly makes someone come on, uh, engage with the business early, they know that you're interested in them, you're engaging, investing in them. One of the things that fascinates me about what we may have lost over the period of, of lockdown and by working remotely is, if you like, those sort of water cooler moments and just swapping of ideas between people where you're, you literally bump into someone who might not be in your team and you're chatting about something which just promotes a wonderful idea. Technology is a great tool to help create those environments. Do you What, what, what do you do as an organisation to try and stimulate that into group thinking and those swapping of ideas between people? I think during the 100% lockdown uh, scenario, that was always really quite difficult, mm. except for the sort of daily one-to-ones or uh, group one-to-ones on a weekly basis. Um, and and it, is, it is with our line managers who have had to create um, an environment of inclusion and bring people in when, when perhaps they could see that uh, they were either struggling or not quite where they needed to be in terms of in terms of their space. Mm. Um, it, it was a, a lot of hard work from them to make sure that nobody was left behind. I think that's that's the way we should look at it. I'm pleased to say we're on the other side of it. We are now having uh, more face-to-face -face opportunities. And again, not bringing people in just to meet, but bringing people in to collaborate. Mm. And once they do come in, creating a, a social environment to go and have pizza lunches or, or a, a dinner out and so on. And is this something that you've been measuring? So clearly as a, as a head of operations in a, in a growing business, there's a lot of things to look at. 
measuring how well people are responding to that and getting feedback, are you actively seeking that feedback from both the managers and the, the employees? We, we are looking at that. and um, We did an employee survey uh, in 2021, uh, uh, sort of March, April time, uh, and various items came out of that. You know, better career opportunities for our people. So we put in a put in a, a L and D um, training program for our staff. They each already had a thousand pound, which they can spend um, on themselves in developing their professional uh, growth. They also have a, a bursary, which they can spend on anything that they want to spend on in terms of learning. So we had created that mm. opportunity for them to grow. Um, some of the other things uh, are more to do with, you know, being uh, visible, understanding how the business operates. It's a um, Wikipedia of Redbrain, which is online, which people can dip in and out of, uh, where the CEO is speaking, where key management are talking about their part of the business, uh, and, and, and non-management talking about how they operate within their own business functions. Again, that provides that clarity of people knowing where they sit in the organisation. And I'd be really interested in the early 2021 feedback compared to what will happen when you do another significant piece of, of um, surveying will be quite interesting. back to that point I think you, you touched on and I raised around trust. Uh, I think that's a really important thing as I've mentioned before that I think a lot of business owners and managers worry very worried about people working from home. What's your experience been of people doing the job remotely and how that's worked in terms of performance and meeting deadlines? Uh, again a really interesting question. I mean trust is is fundamental to the success of any company. Um, and I think what Redbrain has got right is not just about trust, but it's also about care. We're a high-performing company that cares for our staff. And, you know, that's a, a big value proposition that we have put in place where, you know, we want to achieve the highest level of uh, return on our investment and, and our people. But at the same time, we want to care for their well-being. So in terms of caring for their well-being, we have um, put in two um, types of resource that they can access on a personal basis. One is um, a company which provides uh, psychiatric support if they need that level of support. Um, and then we also work with a company called Sanctus, which, prefer, uh, which provides well-being counselling support, not at that sort of psychiatric level. But So we, we've offered that to all our people if they needed someone independent to talk to. But of course, the key bit of trust comes through our line management. And it is they who have really proved how successful our teams can be when you give people trust. Mm. Um, now, I've heard, I've heard some horrendous stories where, uh, not in our company, but certainly in others, where people have put on uh, Zooms and have had had those on in the background while they they are sitting at their home desk working away to ensure that they're working. That's unbelievable, and uh, that is uncalled for. 
Uh, and for me, if, if you'd have that little trust, then it's time to let that person go. I think from my point of view, one of the things that I find most interesting, and the reason for doing this series in many ways is the fact that I mean, traditionally a lot of business owners think running a business is about control and actually it couldn't be further than the, from the truth that the success and the key to success of running a business is about enablement and it's enabling people with talents to do the best that they can do all the time so that trust element goes both ways. Um, have you found that because you've been giving people that trust you actually get more back? Absolutely if we look at our current business growth, we have doubled our turnover last year. So that is a significant growth from where we were. And we expect to double again in the next uh, next year or 18 months. So, you know, as, as our people grow, as our skills and learning grow within the organization, um, I can see a very successful growth in our top line and, and hopefully that will also trickle down that's fantastic performance, so congratulations on that. What about the biggest challenges you faced in, in that period of time in, in terms of work and people working remotely? What have been the things that you, as the senior team, if you like, have really had to overcome and work through that have been hard? I think for us, or from when I joined the company, the key was, how are we interacting with our people? Is anybody checking how they're doing on a personal level uh, and not just at the work level? Mm. Um, and how do we know that they're not just surviving, but they're thriving? So in order for us to understand that, I think the senior team really did rely on the line management to ensure that our staff were doing okay and thriving. And where they were not, how were we going to support them? And we, we briefly talked about the counselling services that we offered. Uh, but beyond that, you know, we, we also did, uh, during the period when sometimes the lockdown ended, I think it was between the second and the third lockdown, for example, we had a, a, a company team day where we did bring people out. Yes, they had to do lateral flow tests before they joined us, but it was a great fun day out where we, um, uh, we had some consultants uh, uh, teaching us about teamwork uh, and through using Lego. Uh, we had some uh, team building work where we can, because it was a beautiful, fortunately it was a beautiful day, we could use the outside space. We'd gone into a nice hotel, had some great lunch together. So it was just bringing that, that office environment outside was brilliant. Um, and I think, I think we need to do more of that in the future. Um, to the point that we, we have already budgeted three company events just to make sure that we get an opportunity to bring all our people in. Now individually the teams have other budgets which they can use to bring their own teams in at different times. So really, it's all about checking on each other, mm. make sure that we're, we're not overdoing it because it is quite easy to overwork when you're at home. You know, when do you put the computer down and say, excuse me, that's it, I'm done. 
or do you go and open your computer again at 9 p.m. And, and start doing emails? So my philosophy on that, and I've noticed that the senior team work in a similar way, is that unless it's a company emergency, which there aren't that many, um, then we do put our computers down uh, at sort of 5.30, 6 o'clock, and that's done. Um, it is not usual for me to respond after that, if I can help it, um, and I don't expect other people to respond after that. I think there's a loud message there for me. It was about treating people as people. Yeah. And you made that distinction between not just checking on people's work performance, but actually checking in on them as a person. And the word care, I think from my point of view, definitely businesses that genuinely care, so it's not about box ticking. I love the fact that you do put in practice real things that show as a senior team that you are sticking to what you believe in. I find it really astounding the number of businesses where you receive emails late in the evening. I know there are a lot of businesses in the world that have made massive changes around not being allowed to send emails people turning things off on holiday so that someone physically is kept away from the habit, if you like, of that. But I, I really love to hear that you've done that. And the team day in the middle of, I can't, I was smiling to myself, I can't remember which phase of the lockdown it was that you had the opportunity to do that. But I think that would have been the first time, I guess, some people had actually met. Absolutely. And uh, you know, as the company grew during that phase, uh, it was the first time the company had met. Uh, met. And in fact, we're about to have a, a second company uh, event uh, this coming Thursday uh, to celebrate our success that we've had last year. And, and it is a celebration rather than a team working day. So this one is all about celebrating our success. And is that everyone coming up from Cornwall, from yeah. London? From Absolutely. So we, we've invited them all over. We've put, we will put them in a hotel. Uh, there is a business meeting at the front end, uh, but you know beyond six o'clock, it is their time, and they'll be invited to uh, enjoy themselves. I mean, it really is impressive, and I hope that day goes wonderfully well for you. What about what do you think the future might look like for Red Brain and for yourselves? It's, I think this is probably the topic on so many business owners and managers' heads. Is we've gone through hopefully the end of lockdowns and we're now in a different phase with, with COVID, uh, hopefully that's manageable, whatever, however it evolves. And we now have a very different world of work. What do you think it will look like, say if we jump forward 12 months from today in Redbrain? Um, I think we will continue to learn in terms of how um, remote and hybrid work will, will, will progress. Um, my hope is that um, the world does come back to more face-to-face -face collaboration uh, working um, because that is where the growth is going to happen. I still fundamentally believe that we learn from each other. The culture is driven by how we act with each other. Um, and okay, we've, we've acted in a certain way while we've been remote, but putting someone face-to-face -face is a different type of learning. Um, so, my hope is that we will become more hybrid, uh, more collaboration days, but because we're a tech-enabled company, 
the flexibility of working from home will always be there in the future. And I think that will be there for many. And I've been looking at some research or have read some research where, you know, the young people from 18 to 24, 85% of them, um, in fact, there's some government research, 85% of them have said that they would much rather have a 10% reduction in salary but still have working from home or a hybrid type of work. Um, and even when you take that to a, a slightly older group, uh, two-thirds of them would prefer hybrid. So I think hybrid is definitely here to stay. I agree. I think hybrid unquestionably will be here to stay. I think the, the bit I loved again is that bit of it's the collaboration between people. I agree with you wholeheartedly on the fact that most the thing we lost is a lot of that. And it wasn't that it was happening, you can, it would happen via Teams or Zoom or whatever platform you're using, but that bit of time together and the collaboration really does make a difference. And I think that human aspect to the world of work is always going to remain. I think hybrid without any doubt, flexible. I think the other side of this is also it's brought lots of other conversations to the fore around how we accommodate people who have specific challenges in their life, which may be you know, just how they have to work their personal lives. We've become more adaptable as a result, which actually opens the workforce, or the opportunity for a bigger workforce. There's lots of talented people who may have struggled to get jobs in the past who now are able to work with organisations who will be more flexible. But I'm really pleased to hear that that human bit and the that we want to keep that sort of interaction and interface together is important. And what about the opportunities you think this environment has presented and will continue to present as a as a business? So from from a, again from a tech enabled business, it means that we can hire from anywhere in the world effectively. Um, now I know um, that has some practical uh, issues that we will need to deal with, but certainly within the UK, you know, we have people who are working from Cornwall and, and beyond, so we're already well spread. Um, so I can see more people being hired from anywhere, certainly within the UK, in terms of having the right skill set to join us. And we're always looking for great people, by the way. So do have a look at our website. Um, <laughs> In terms of, uh, so yeah, the, if you've got the right skill set, then we want to, we want to be able to uh, access that skill. Um, so anywhere in the UK is, is very, very much uh, available to us. So that, that would be a great advantage. Yeah. I think the, that was interesting you talked about overseas and people working internationally because it's probably a separate topic altogether, but I'm aware of this massive movement of lots of no longer want to work in the traditional sense at all so they will have the tools and the skills to work remotely through platforms that they bid for work on that you simply outsource so i guess that continual change will also be there um, working with people that remotely i guess presents lots of challenges from a tax point of view and where they're domiciled and how you pay them if they're working for you but i do think that the opportunity that um, technology and enabled technology is fantastic. Um, we've covered an awful lot and I really wanted to thank you for that. Anything else you'd like to share with us around your experiences of working in this unusual and changing 
world of work? I think the, the key driver for our company is to ensure that we are delivering a high performance with care. That will continue because that is not a philosophy for myself, but creating that purpose, which, which our CEO has done, uh, means that those people who believe in that type of purpose will continue to join us. Um, I think the future is about creating the right purpose for, for companies. Are we a sustainable company? Do we offer great learning and development for our people so that they can deliver and be the best that they can be in whatever careers they choose? Um, do we offer uh, a competitive remuneration package, which is not just about money, but non-monetary? Um, do we offer flexibility in terms of where they work, how they work, how they collaborate? So all of those things will, will mean uh, how we can grow as a company and how our people can grow. Fantastic. It clearly is an area that you take seriously and with great success. I really do um, salute the success you've had over the last couple of years and it's fascinating to see how the business has evolved. So thank you for sharing that with us today, Gazelle. Uh, thank you very much for sharing all of that fantastic experience with us, Gazelle. And it only goes to leave me with one final thing for you to do, which is please finish the sentence. And uh, what have you picked? Gosh, this is quite difficult. To be a great leader, you must. Ooh. I think to be a great leader, you must be a great listener and be an active listener. So not just listening and then letting it go, but being able to um, active listening to the people and their concerns and then being realistic in the responses that you have. I think great leaders need to create great purpose on why work is important and how it impacts individuals and the company. Uh, I think great leaders have great visions that people um, align to or find it easy to align to because it suits their personality, it suits the way that they want to live their life. Um, so I think in terms of some of those areas, we do have great leaders in our business who do listen to their people, are willing to continue to learn and create great purpose for our people. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for that, Kassar. Apparently, I'm supposed to do one of these as well. I'm not sure who agreed to this. It wasn't my choice. Uh, finish the sentence I am most proud of. My children. Simple. I got the easy one today. And they are picked at random. Uh, yeah, they're one of those things that happen to you in life and uh, life changes from then on. And whatever they do, you tend to be incredibly proud of them. I've recently become a grandfather for the first time, which is a fabulous achievements and um, yeah I'm, I'm immensely proud of everything simple thanks again for joining us today Sal. it's been brilliant to have you along as a guest really appreciate it and all the best for red brand for the next year and year. thank you very much